Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts here with Ken Miller. Ken, how are you today? Awesome. Yes. How are yes. you? Living a dream, That's as cool. always. Yeah. <laughs> as I said, I woke up, so it's a good day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm excited about today because we are actually talking, we're saying it's the evolution of physical education, but I think it's a little bit more than that because we're going to talk about where we started and kind of where physical education is today which is, in my opinion, a little concerning, especially when we get into the meat and potatoes of what we're going to talk about. Right. And I, I think, you know, we can't we can't talk about physical education or what we call P.E. back in the day, <laughs> you know. So, um, you know, when it came to uh, junior high, high school, when you actually had a former class relating to movement and you're led by a coach or your PE teacher or PE coach, um, you know, because there you are, you're trying to make that transition from, you know, elementary school, you just go out and play, what do you have? You had a recess. And then you have junior high, high school, where you had an actual class relating to PE. So when I think physical education, just from my own experience, I just think about everybody had the same you know, the, our school colors in junior high were like burgundy, you know, so they were, it was burgundy. And so we had the burgundy shorts, the burgundy shirt, and then it had, you know, K Miller on it. Oh, yes. So you had to have that little white, the white little block out where you had to do that. So, but by the end of the week, you know, you had, we had, uh, I, I think we had like five, we had PE every day when it came to uh, junior high school. But then when we got to high school, we had, um, you know, four days a week of, of PE, right? So, um, but when, you know, as you said, Wendy, it's a little concerning where we are today because now if they have it at all, it's once, twice a week. Like my kids right now, they have, they have motor fitness is what they call it. It's not even PE anymore. Motor fitness, they have that one day a week and they're in elementary school still. So that's, but they have their, you know, lunchtime and playtime. But as far as the amount of physical activity they get on campus, it's one time a week with their coach. Wow. So I know, well, you know, I was a little jealous about your burgundy shorts. Mine were gray, <laughs> like the actual boring gray with red lettering. And it said bats and huge letters on the back. Um, and so there wasn't, there wasn't multiple. I'm sure with Miller, it's very common with bats, mm -hmm. not so much, but, um, you know, and they were disgusting by the time you would, you know, people didn't want to sweat. And, you know, I'm thinking my kid is five and he is in kindergarten and they mm -hmm. have 30 minutes of recess every day. Um, 30 minutes at five. So think, keep that right. in mind. That's pretty, pretty crazy because he goes to school. They start at 740 and they go until three, I think that while they get released mm -hmm. at like 245 or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so that's not a lot of quote playtime when you think about that for a five-year-old in comparison. And I remember the first day of school, he came home and I was like, buddy, what's wrong? You know, how was your first day? And he's like, we only got to play outside for just yeah. a small period. And then I had to sit there inside and i was like well buddy that's called learning it's not just sitting there right and, but you know it's it's actually disturbing because he's used to playing all day and then yeah. he goes into kindergarten and just knowing that now we're in 30 minute sessions a day it, it's it's pretty sad and um it's very sad yeah. you know mm -hmm. because you know and i'll tell you one thing about my kid let's share kids stories right now uh i so i open up his lunchbox and it's like dude you only oh. ate you only ate half of your sandwich and he's like, yeah, I can't, I don't finish it because 
I don't I don't have enough time to play. Mm -hmm. So lunchtime is a break, you know, and, and it's the same for us, right? When we were when we were growing up, but was a break between okay, you ate and then you just go out into the courtyard and you played. But he wants to play so much. And again, again, he only has one day a week of of motor fitness. And which means the only other time they have to play is they have one break and then they have lunchtime. So he sacrifices eating lunch. So he'll get enough so he's not hungry. Um, but then he'll he'll try to spend budget most of that time towards playing. So yeah, it is it is really sad when you have these kids who are meant to move. And again, they have to go to school, they have to learn something. But at, you know, at some point in time, you're like, okay, if a school doesn't require PE, when do they move? When are they going to move and sweat? Because I, I don't know about you, Wendy, but I was that kid that after PE, you know, because we would have to run this obstacle course on the cage <laughs> once a week. And I'd be that kid that I'd run and I just sweat. You know, even as a kid, I was just big sweaty mess. Even though you, you you take off your gym clothes, take a shower, I'm still sweating. So that next class right after PE, I am still sweating. So I was that I was that sweaty little kid who <laughs> after PE or after lunch, I go back to my seat going. That's, you know, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm trying to think, well, those of you guys that are just joining Ken Miller and myself on Random Fit, we're talking about the evolution of physical education. Right now, we're just sharing stories. Um, and so we were talking about our kids. So just one thing about my child, too, when you, when you were talking about lunch is he comes home with a ton of food too. And he says he doesn't have time to eat. And for the same reason, he's a social butterfly mm -hmm. and that's the time where they can talk. And so he wants to be with his friends. So I feel your pain on that. But then listening to your story about when, when I was in school, we didn't have it every day. We didn't have, no, we did not have PE. We had our crazy gray outfits. We went in and I had PE second period. So I would go in, we had our homeroom. I went to my first class and then I had PE and I had it. Obviously we would change you know, our clothes with, with the females and most of the people did not want to actually do anything. And it wasn't that they were not happy with, with what the, the coach was having us do, or the teacher was having us do that day, whether it was kickball or soccer or something along those lines, they didn't want to get sweaty and smell the rest of the day. And so right. therefore they didn't exert the physical you know, like the whole purpose of PE class yeah. because of that reason. But see, we didn't get a chance to shower. It was like, you just kind of did the, you know, wipe down, pray that yeah. you have extra deodorant, you know, <laughs> put that, all the, the sprays on. So you smelled terrible, um, you know, BO with the scent of, you know, cherry blossom or whatever it was. <laughs> and then, and then you went to, to the rest of the day. And so, um, you know, when I think when when we're talking about this, I understand the concerns that because you want to fit in, you don't want to be the stinky girl. Like who wants to be stinky? Yeah, you don't want to be the stinky guy either. Right. <laughs> but but yeah, so I mean, you know, when we when we actually get into yeah. what we're talking about, and I promise yeah. we're gonna get there. I think I think it's important to like let's talk about when we talk about the evolution of physical education, which is the whole point of today. I mean, you know, yep. we have we have to start with the Greeks. And me being 50% Greek. There you go. And if man. you guys have ever seen my big fat Greek wedding, it's always from the Greeks, you know? <laughs> so we're gonna start there. And you know, and you gotta think this is like when you look at history. You know, physical education dates back starting with the Greeks and what they were trying to do around the age of seven was already start building athletes and building soldiers to get them prepared for war. 
and chariot races and all the things that you see. If you saw Gladiator, look at me with my movies. It's all about yeah. getting people ready. I mean, I know they were the Romans, but whatever. Um, so same, same <laughs> thing. Um, but, I, you know, I mean, you know, they started at seven and it was very, very important that mm -hmm. everybody was involved. Right. You know, I guess with with any of those, any of those ancient cultures, with, with ancient culture, you had a lot of physical activity built in because you had to survive. You know, everything was manual labor. So movement was never an issue. But when we, you know, when they started the Olympics, you know, there was now purpose for sport and play and training so that and you brought up you brought up, you know, raising you know, you raise your your offspring to, you know, be ready for war because that's the that's the environment that they live in. They had to physically be ready to march, to throw hand to hand combat. Um, but then when we start looking at, you know, this is one of the things I learned in, in the history of PE physical education class is that when we talk about sport and training, you know, when when you had the Olympics, when they started the Olympics now, there was there was a general use for, OK, and purpose behind picking up heavy rocks, being able to run and throw and all of those things. But when we talk about the U.S., again, the U.S. is nowhere near the age of the cultures of of Greeks, what, you know, what the Greeks started. But, you know, going back to now Dwight D. Eisenhower and then JFK, as far as their evaluation and the health and wellness and, and fitness of the of the U.S. population, you know, because, you know, during Dwight D. Eisenhower's time, you know, there was a concern. Are these are, are Americans fit for war? Are they able to um, are they able to defend our country, you know, for all the things that you have to do in battle? So that was that was a, that was a big part of 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 uh, his mission to get the United States or American youth and kids you know, back into shape because not only was there a question about their their ability to, um, you know, be good soldiers uh, from a physical standpoint, but also from that point in time, there was, you know, there was surveys done and research done on the current state of health and and fitness of Americans, and we were not doing that well, right? Even back then, in the 40s and the 50s, they were already identifying that Americans were fatter. Right. They were thicker in the mid in the in the in the in the mid in the midline, right? Across the waist. So the midsection was expanding. They were not fit. Right. Mm -hmm. So they were they were not in good shape compared to generations prior. And already back then in the 40s, it was already a concern. So now, you know, there was a push or just a built-up awareness enough to where they started um committees to address okay what are we going to do to get americans back into shape right and then the topics of okay let's let's start them young and now let's go ahead and get them get them you know to where we where we should be not just from building uh you know strong um and fit you know soldiers but just being american just being the united states we need to be healthier than what the trend was showing even back then 
Yes. And those of you guys that are just joining Ken Miller and myself on Random Fit, we're talking about the evolution of physical education. And of course, you know, we were talking that it started with the Greeks and then we have, you know, Eisenhower that was like, you know what, we need to prepare our soldiers and get everyone physically fit. And then I think it's important to really talk a lot about John F. Kennedy because, you know, he was a huge advocate for physical education, not only during his, you know, 35th presidency, but also prior to that. And he's the one that started that White House committee, um, you know, for health and fitness. He started really trying to bring in a lot of government officials to these committees to take it back to their home states, um, you know, and talk about integrating physical fitness into schools. And so, you know, he was 100 percent invested in trying to get our country healthy. And I think, you know, when you when you think of that. You know, some people don't really associate him with physical education, but to me, I mean, he was the one that really brought it to the forefront and, you know, with, with also trying to teach the children and our teachers and our coaches, the importance of human movement, you know, our body in general, what nutrition can do. So right, you know, the right fuel to fire, um, doing different types of sports. And so I think, you know, when we need to credit him a lot with what, what's happening, but unfortunately, we're not making it that big of a priority today because we're looking at funding. We're looking at the amount of teachers We're we're so hard about academics, you know, like, I mean, we're teaching, I mean, the things that my five-year-old is learning, I'm like, man, I didn't learn that until I was like in second or third grade because they're really starting to force them and learning things quicker at a younger age and then getting to AP courses by the time they're in high school, which I can see a lot of benefit. We want that for our, our children. But if we don't include physical education, and I mean, this is what I read in so much of the stuff that we covered, you know, for this topic, education is what stimulates our brain. Movement is what stimulates our brain. And it helps with with children that have ADHD and ADD. And, you know, and so when you put the two together, if we had more movement, we would look better, feel better, move better, but we're also going to think better. Yeah, totally. And, And I think that's, that that is, you know, going back to you know our kids and what we what we see today, like right now, it's just one day a week of a formal physical education class with guided leadership from the teacher. But you know they they are so starved for that recess, right? And again, that's just natural instinct to where like 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 what you and I both said, you know, with our kids, it's like they would rather sacrifice eating mm-hmm. for movement. You know, what is what does that tell you? Right. But and, you know, and unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, because there's lack of movement. And as parents, you know, if you're paying attention to your kids and their, you know, their ability to focus, like you said, because that's the thing. Right. If you have all this energy, you're thinking about what am I going to get out? What am I going to move? When, you know, when, I get, when can I have a chance to play? You don't have that opportunity. So that's that's where your mind is. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, just as a side note, I, you know, I take my kid out. We play catch for a little while. And then we, and then he's better at reading the books. But, you know, one point I want to make is with, with my kids, we have them involved with extracurricular sports and activities because they, you know, for as much sitting as they do, especially with, you know, the lockdown and COVID and and all those things that brought us home, they were away from school. We needed an outlet. So this is where we were almost, maybe if you can look at it, you know, maybe we were hyper aggressive about getting them outside because here they are. Their only relationship and socializing is with the computer and whoever pops up on their screen. But this is where, you know, getting them in the pool, 
getting them to throw a ball, some kind of ball sport so they can work on some tracking, you know, eye tracking and movement and hand-eye, foot-eye coordination because it wasn't happening, you know, in school that frequently to begin with, now let alone you're now, you know, your distance learning. Mm -hmm. So you're deprived of all that. So I, you know, and I notice, you know, to, to a pretty good extent, their ability to do better in school when they had more sport and activity. And that's, oh. you know, it's a sad state of affairs when what, in our opinion, or my opinion, should be built into their, you know, their, their, you know, their, their, their schoolwork or somewhere embedded within their schoolwork, like I had, like you had, that they just don't get anywhere. They can't sit all day. So the the need for PE in school, unfortunately, as you said, um, funding, you know, if something's got to give, it's going to be the arts usually and physical mm -hmm. education falls by that, by that way. When there's so much focus on um, science and math and English, all the, all the things we need, I'm, there's, I'm not taking that away, but to facilitate learning those, those topics, we need to get kids to move. Well, it's super important. And if you look at like some of the top reasons, you know, when, when I was looking up some of the stuff, it's like, okay, it helps with anxiety and depression. And yep. unfortunately we're seeing exactly. that so much in our youth um, because of some of the unfortunate situations that have happened in the last few years, but we're seeing an increase in depression, which is really scary, right. but a decrease in physical education. It also helps, you know, when you're thinking about focus and concentration, you know, we've got more, you know, and maybe now because it's recognized, it wasn't really talked about when I was younger, even though it's always been a thing, but the ADD, ADHD, that kind of, you know, um, where your, your child is now getting diagnosed with these things. Um, but, you know, that's something you've got health and growth and development. And like you said, you know, it's, it's actually developing social skills, being on the playground and playing with mm -hmm. their friends. They're learning how to deal with social environments and, you know, something doesn't go wrong. How do you deal with, you know, um, you know, something that doesn't go your way? How do you handle things? So I think, you know, just it, teaching life skills is important. And we learn that on the playground. I mean, we really right. do start at a young age. And so when we're starting decreasing mm -hmm. that, but, you know, and, and I know we can talk about like so many different things, but the one thing I found interesting, I mean, I found a lot of things interesting. No, I shouldn't say the one thing. Yeah. Um, but one thing that it was kind of, I was taken back by that there's only six states in the United States that actually have a legal requirement um, or a requirement for PE in schools, not really legal, but a requirement, only six out of 50, y'all, six and those six were Illinois, Hawaii, Massachusetts, Mississippi, New York, and Vermont. Well, there you None go. None of the states that I live in. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. And when yeah. I say that, it, it was from kindergarten to 12. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, all all throughout. Yeah, which is which is amazing. I mean, kudos to those states, right? They they understand the importance. Plus, they, maybe they, someone someone in the decision making, you know, in the administration of those states said, you know, my kid just goes nuts when they don't work out or when they don't play. So forget it. I'm putting it in there from K through 12 because mm -hmm. I don't want to have to go home to some kid who's got all this bound up energy, can't study, can't focus. So we're going to put P.E. in there. Um, yeah. So that I mean, that's that's crazy. I mean, how many states we got? 50 plus the. Yeah, Puerto Rico and 
Do we yeah. need to take you back to school? Maybe you missed that when you went to. Yeah, maybe I was doing PE too much. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe because you weren't, you weren't focused and concentrating. I wasn't focused. You know, go both that. ways. But you know, one thing that I thought was interesting. Do you want to talk a little bit? Um, and those of you guys that are just joining us, Ken Miller and I on Random Fit are talking about the evolution of physical education. And of course, we talked about like some situations that we've dealt with. We talked a little bit about the Greeks and then how we didn't even bring it into you know really focus on PE until the mid 19th century. And then how John F. K. kind of made it more of a known thing, brought it into our schools, really focused on physical education. And then we talked about the six states that actually have PE from uh, kindergarten mm -hmm. all the way to 12th grade. But now let's talk about Finland. No, let's <laughs> talk about the Finns. Let's talk about the Finns. Now, the, I mean, the, I think if, if there's any template to look at, if we're going to change and modify and look at, okay, well, how can we improve? You know, you just look at, you just look at, you know, Finland and their, you know, their emphasis just by how much time that they, they want you to move. Right. Cause what was it, Wendy, about three hours? Um, yes. Week? Yeah. I mean, well, I, I don't even know if it was a week. I think it, it's, yeah, okay. we're looking at, yep. In our, yeah. in the new curriculum, they're looking at two to three hours a week um, with more outdoor activities, which I think is yeah. really, you know, um, yeah. and we don't even do, I mean, we're lucky to get an hour because 30 minutes, you know, they're saying 30 minutes or yeah. so twice a week. I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, so they are, they are targeting, they are looking at kids moving more. So if you can, I mean, but you know, here's the thing, what I, what I took away from reading about Finland is that they want the kids outside, right? It's not inside the gym. They want them outside. And I don't know about you, Wendy, but from what I understand about Finland, so for all of you Finnish uh, listeners, you know, please help educate us on how you grew up and how, how, how physical education was a part of your day. But the fact that they want you to be outside and, and again, if it's cold outside, you know, when, when you look at winters, winter sports, winter Olympics is, as it's coming up, you know, these guys do awesome in, you know, in competitions because they, they are basically born to be outside when it comes to um, how they've been exposed to physical activity. So, you know, also having, you know, having shown proven results on academics, how, again, if you're, if you're from that part of the world, every every guy, every person that I met from that part of the world, um, just some of the smartest people I've met actually <laughs> from Norway, from Finland. So there, there, there is something to their their academic prowess, if you will, if that's any relation to how much movement that they do, because the government has said, okay, you guys are going to move and you guys are going to move outside as much as you can. And in turn, they've figured out that, okay, they move more, they get outside more from a fitness standpoint and it's integrated into, into how they teach, right? And what they teach, as you're talking about, Wendy, socialization, teamwork, things like that. Those are all the things that have gone into, you know, their success academically. So it's not just, it's not just an accessory or something that can be cut because it's like, that's not as important as, as studying, you know, um, the scientists, but they know that it has directly affected how they absorb that information. And, and that's one of the, that's one of the reasons why I say, if anything, if there's any country that has had um, the, the more robust 
um, support for physical education. It, it is Finland. Well, and I want to I want to actually make a comment because I messed up. So I was looking at the notes and for children that are eight and under, they do three hours of edu or a physical movement a day. A day, a day, a day, three hours right. a day. And then after that point, they start incorporating it more in their curriculum right. for three hours per week in their newer curriculum. But, you know, if you think about it, they started doing like, you know, children health clinics and everything since the 1940s. And so when you're looking at them, Finnish are the most, they're basically, they had the highest academic results in the school children and development um, on a development standpoint as well. So, you know, they're, they're more fit. And when you're thinking about academics, they're actually more successful. And so, you know, when you're looking into what they do on a day-to-day -day basis and how they incorporate some of these movements, uh, aside from, you know, the three hours a week, they're also removing desks. They're, they're blending right. movement with traditional learning. So they're like, they're having to move around and do different things like that. They're teaching them about early development, nutrition, um, you know, any kind of abnormal conditions, they're looking at those at a very young age to help find support. And that's things that we really should take note of because, you know, when we think about the states, we always say, oh, we're the best. And, and there are so many wonderful things about this country. So I 100% agree with that. And of course, I live here. So of course, wherever I live, it's the best. But there are so many things we can take from other countries that are doing things better. And I think it's really looking at our youth, trying to decrease the obesity rates, because as you and I both know, Ken, and what we do for a living, it's scary to see the the, di the diabetes numbers in children, mm -hmm. in children. And it's not because they're yeah. born diabetics. It's because, unfortunately, right. they're overweight, they're sedentary, they're not doing some of these things to, to live a healthy, healthy lifestyle. And they're not even in junior high yet which right. is, is heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, what, what used to be called adult onset diabetes actually doesn't apply anymore because of the word adult when it's hitting so many of, of our youth. And if you think about it, it's like those precious few moments, you know, so if, if the class was an hour, we spend about 45 minutes, 40 minutes or so moving. And if you're only going to do that three days a week formally, right, then that's, that's not meeting the, you know, the requirements that, um, that we look at to maintain health. Right. So if from you, so that, that way you can't really, especially minus those six states that require it from K through 12. So we're talking about 54 other states that you're left up to your own devices. You, you can't trust or depend on PE uh, courses, classes, you know, to get the, the minimum amount of, of movement a, a day or even the week. So from that vantage point, you know, we, we do have to, I guess one of the things that I, that I think we should take away from here is that when you look at the state of affairs, when it comes to the emphasis on movement and exercise, we can't depend, and I'm not making a political statement here, but all I'm saying is that we as parents or anybody that's responsible for the health and wellness of any child in this country, we can't depend on the current system to give the child what they need for movement. Right. So you have to take it upon yourself, whatever that manner is, whether it's you taking the kids to the park, you enrolling them in swim class or some kind of team based sport. Then that's what it takes to get our kids moving. But as you're saying, Wendy, when it comes to the the rates of diabetes in our youth, you know, that's just a reflection of we don't have good eating habits, definitely. And we don't have good movement habits. Um, and again, for all the reasons that that supports 
the learning mm-hmm. process. You know, we're not doing good with what we put into our mouth and we're not doing well with how we move our bodies. So when we talk about the evolution of physical education, not to leave it on a on a negative point, but it just I guess what we're trying to do today is just bring up a, awareness that when it comes to PE in the school system, we, we have to take a good look at, you know, what's available mm-hmm. to us and what we need to do to augment what our country and our, our kids of this nation need. Well, and I think that's a that's a pretty good way to wrap it up. I mean, you know, yeah. all in all, if we can't change what's going to be offered in schools, then maybe there's some stuff that we can do on the outside that's only going to help, you know, um, you know, psychologically. It's going to help emotionally, you know, and, and physically. Um, so, I, you know, I think the extra activities and things that you can try to get your kid doing outside of school, if we can't implement it, because it doesn't seem like that's going to be changing anytime soon. But. No, no, but it starts with us, right? It does. It yeah. starts on random fit. Yeah, it starts <laughs> on random fit. Today, we right here. Today, it's starting. So, right. uh, well, all today right. was fun. Thanks yeah. for all your information, as always. And thank you, Wendy, as always, from me. Anyway, so from Random Fit, Wendy Batson, me, Ken Miller, thank you for listening. And if you like what you had to listen to today, hopefully you did because I got a lot out of it. Uh, Like, follow, subscribe, comment, let us know what you like and what other things that we can talk about on Random Fit, and we'll do that for you. So until next time, everybody, take care and be well.